You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, hello, welcome, and thank you to um, our Thursday edition of Real People OC. I am delighted to be here today doing a bit of a pre-recording because we can't get these busy UCI students in the studio um, just, you know, to be part of live radio without accommodating their schedules. So I'm really happy today to have Arlene Ho and Julie Huen here with the Union of Vietnamese Student Associations of Southern California. They are excited to tell us about an upcoming festival, and we're going to get to know these um, dynamic gals and the project that they're working on. They're very passionate about, and the event is coming up this weekend, so we want you all to know about it, and we want you to uh, come out and participate. So, ladies, welcome to the studio. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks, Kimberly, for having us. Julie and I are really excited to be here. Good. Julie, thank you for being here, too. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, good. So, okay, so how long in the making is this TET Festival? It's been going on for almost 30 years, right? Actually, this is going to be the 33rd annual TET Festival. Um, our first TET Festival was actually in 1982, uh, the year before UVSA was founded. Okay, so UVSA, we talked about, is mm-hmm. the Union of Vietnamese Student Associations of Southern California. Really quickly, if you want to get to know um, more about the TET Festival, it's um, tetfestival.org, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll get that out on the jump start. But let's go in and talk about what this is and what this means to the Vietnamese community here in Southern California. Well, the Thet Festival has been a long-standing tradition, as I say, and um, the Union of the Vietnamese Student Associations of Southern California has hosted it for over 33 years. And we don't do it as um, a way for us to profit in any way. Although we do, um, we do profit, but we give over 50. We've given over 50 percent of our um, of our profit back to the community over the last uh, 12 years, and um, amounting up to a million dollars. And so um, it's a, a community event that's really precious to all of us, and we do it for the community, and we're, f- we're, we're the community doing it for the community. Okay, good. How big is the Vietnamese community here in Orange County? Do you know the numbers? Julie, is that you? I don't know the numbers statistically, uh-huh. but I do know that we do span across the cities of Westminster, Garden Grove, Fountain Valley, and probably also in Santa Ana as well. Okay, where you have a really established community. Yes, where, okay. absolutely. Um, talk to me a little bit about how each of the local communities will participate in the festival. Okay, so we always have a lot of um, community performances. So on Sundays, uh, that's our traditional day that we have our community performances on the main stage. And we also have a cultural village, which is called Lang Vietnam, which kind of showcases... Say that slowly. <laughs> Lang Vietnam. So beautiful. <laughs> Lang Vietnam um, is translated to like the scenes of Vietnam. So um, what it is, is we try to recreate uh, like the traditional scenes of our homeland into our festival. So that's like the w- that's the part of the festival where the community gets the most involved. So we have like scout Vietnamese scout groups. We have Vietnamese community organizations that help build the structures. We have um, youth organizations that come and volunteer in that um, in that whole area. So that's kind of like the most community involvement that we have. And in, in addition to that, we always have vendors and um, people who sell food. Um, who come into our festival, and a lot of them are big supporters of us. 
Okay, we're going to definitely talk about the food here. One of <laughs> one of those highlights for me, for sure. But you so- talked about recreating the scenes of Vietnam. What is? Tell me why that's significant and why that is so meaningful to the community here. Well, I mean, being being Vietnamese um, Americans and also knowing our history of being displaced from our homeland, you know, it's it's hard for especially for our parents, being you know the first generation to come over from Vietnam. You know, people get homesick, and it's really a great way. The really unique thing about our festival is that we have so many community groups that come together to make this you know Lang Vietnam, and it's a way for us. It's the unique part of our festival, and it's also the way that we celebrate our culture and we kind of remind everyone where we came from. Okay, good. What about for you, Julie? Well, um, Arlene, she, she touched on how important it is for our parents who are immigrants who came over. I personally also feel that it's important for the new generation because a lot of us, now that we've integrated into, um, I guess, the Vietnamese American or just American society here, like a lot of the generations who are growing up, they are going to get out of touch with what it means or what it looks like in Vietnam. And so having this cultural village, it's um, a lot for the younger kids to see what, what their parents grew up in and what they did not even look like. Yeah. Give me an example of what this will look like at the festival, one of these scenes. Well, it's actually pretty uh, different every year. Um, a lot of times our community organizations will build new structures or they'll get, you know, they'll say, oh, well, we want to improve on this um, on this pagoda. You know, they'll have a lot of like different structures. So um, I don't want to su- ruin the surprise. <laughs> we do have, yeah, there's <laughs> a surprise yeah, element. So okay. Yeah, and so I, um, I think I really encourage people to come and, you know, check it out. It's going to be really great. Um, it'll be a great photo opportunity. Oh <laughs> for yeah, people. absolutely. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about your family histories. Um, you're both young gals. You're, what, in your 20s, maybe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were born here, right? Right. Okay. Um, your parents, how old were they when they came here? Well, for me, my parents are actually quite young. Uh, my parents came over when they were um, 18 and 20. So they've been in, um, Amer- in in the States since for over 20 years. So they've integrated pr- quite well. But I think Julie's parents are a little bit of a different story. Yeah, they're older. I think um, my parents came over when they were in their 30s. Okay. Right. So really, actually, I mean, I would say for, for both sets of parents, they were leaving home behind in a significant way. Mm-hmm. Did anybody come over, you know, under s- sets of, you know, difficulty and hardship or, um, yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah, <laughs> totally. My mom, like, she got sent into the re-education camps, like, four times, and I think it took the fifth time for her to finally like, actually escape. She kept getting put back in there, and then she had to um, just escape under, like, you know, incognito <laughs> after after that she finally got freed <coughs> in time yeah and i know for my family um you know we did have someone who sponsored people to come over via plane but there were still a significant number of people who had to go to the philippines and um, be houses refugees there so i think that was my, that was my mom's story okay so in terms of family life it seems to me like this is you're going to experience the festival almost dramatically different than than your parents generation and Mm -hmm. maybe even so much theirs if you have your extended family here do any of you have your extended family here grandparents as well yeah my actually my actually for me my entire family has recently come over um it was it's been a few years but we they've actually we've actually sponsored the entire side of my dad's family over to the states so they actually are starting to live here and integrate here um and so then for them like when they came to the that festival for the first time they were actually really impressed because um we one of our marketing taglines is that it's the biggest that festival outside of vietnam 
so oh, so it's the biggest in the world now is it yeah <laughs> you're you're that festival here yeah mm-hmm. it's the biggest in the world now oh <laughs> that's remarkable how many people do you anticipate to come through it's a, it's it's three days it's right that's Friday, correct. saturday and sunday of this coming week mm-hmm. um we typically get about 80 to 100,000 people every year oh, but because remarkable. of our new location this year we are aiming for at least 20,000. So so you're worried that you won't pull the numbers? Or right. It's because this year we've had so many, um, ever since we moved from Garden Grove over to the OC Friend Event Center this year, there have been other community organizations that have also uh, hosted, hosted, their, hosted their own. And mm-hmm. so the there's like a division between the um, the attendees who are going to cho- pick and choose which ones to go to. Which one? Okay. But if uh, anybody is out there listening, the one that is being held at the OC Fair and Events Center, that's on Fair Drive where the right. where the Orange County uh, Fair happens as well. You, you know that side <laughs> well here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. This is the original one, the one that's now the largest yes. in the world. Right. We're the longest running one as well. Okay, I want to go back if I could to yeah. a little bit to the family because yeah. I think that's I think that's probably at the heart of why festivals like these community festivals are so important. So, um the um the amount of effort to get here to leave your mother country behind how are your families individually each of you passing the um, heritage of your community your culture on to you even though you're so far from from your home well earlier you mentioned you asked um like if i with my extended family has come over here so my extended family lives all over the country I actually don't even live with my parents right now I live with my relatives oh nice and so um, one of the ways in which I've been trying to hold on to it is that uh, growing up that we we had to speak Vietnamese in the household um, to be honest, like a lot of my relatives in the house, like they are speaking English in the home, but like, I'm, I guess I'm lucky cause I'm like the like second generation, not third. So like, I still have the language and I'm actively trying to learn how to talk in a more sophisticated way in, in <laughs> Vietnamese by taking classes Interesting. and then trying to, um, trying to like read newspapers, you know, because I feel like probably like 10 years from now, like all that is going to be really obsolete. Like just the like Vietnamese music and and the newspapers, like all of those um, paper, like the publishing houses. Yeah, that which would be a shame because you know uh, newspapers and print is such a big part of like our our community and also radio and TV. Um, for me, I for uh, me I've been in Vietnamese scouting since I was five, and I've gone to Vietnamese school since I was seven. So and I've actually been a Vietnamese teacher as well here in the United mm-hmm. States. So your parents enrolled you in probably the required. Um, California State School, but then you right. also had to go and take uh, Vietnamese education, probably on weekends and in your free time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we actually had a school on Sundays, and my dad um, was the princ- uh, vice principal of the school that I went to, so it was really fun. Um, you get to learn, you get to meet a lot of people who, you know, you meet a lot of different kind of people who, one, either don't really care about learning the language, which is sad. And then, so you always, and then you also get the, uh, the other, the other side of the spectrum where they're so good at Vietnamese and that they inspire you to be better. And that was, you know, that was the case for me. And I was in a lot of the classes, which with um, students who were just, who just excelled in Vietnamese. And I really wanted to, you know, retain the heritage because one of the sayings that they have is that you can't have the culture without the language. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. It's really important to keep Vietnamese and. Um, you know, we try to integrate as much um, culture and Vietnamese as we can into our festival and into, you know, our organizational um, 
practices. Talk about that a little bit, that connection of, of language and culture and why that's so significant. But by the way, Vietnamese language is so beautiful to listen to. It's just oh so really? gentle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get my kids off of that too. <laughs> um, you talked about the difference between speaking more formally and... <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but so talk about that connection between language and culture and why that's so important and what it is and wh- wh- what those connections are. Well, I think that, you know, in the in the United States, a lot of people speak English, and you you want to say that the United States is a melting pot of cultures. But um, I think it's really important because our tongue and our you know our language is such an integral part of our expression and of who we are. That if we don't retain um, our language, it's it's you lose a part of yourself. And I think you know even it's great that you learn English and that uh, we integrate into American society, but it's really important especially for you know, the teachers and it's great because you want to be able to keep the connection between our generation and the generations before us because I know that if I wasn't able to speak Vietnamese I wouldn't have been able to communicate with my grandmother or with my parents in a, you know on many different levels right are there things that can be said more easily I- in Vietnamese than you can oh possibly yeah. expect yes. so there really is, <laughs> because um, I, I am taking a Vietnamese class with uh, Professor Tran right now at UCI. Nice. And, um, yeah, this is where I'm, I'm learning to speak more formally. <laughs> but um, I learned that, you know, like, there's a lot of words and phrases in Vietnamese that actually is very difficult to translate into English because it conveys a lot of, like, meaning and, like, um, emotion in it. So yeah, okay. Vietnamese you know. is a very po- uh, very emotionally charged language. It is. Give me. A, can you give me an example? I'd love to know. Oh shoot! I I don't know. <laughs> I wish I did. Um, actually, do you know any phrases in um in Vietnamese songs? It's really common in songs for them to use phrases that aren't used in everyday usage, but they are very difficult to translate. Like um, you can say it in Vietnamese if you can come up with it. They're thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brains are turning. Mm. I know a bunch of, like, but isn't there a word, like, or something? I, I'm not saying it right. Know. I don't know. They're whispering in a sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't taken uh, Vietnamese in, like, four years, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't come up with any words right now. Well, if you do, further on, I'd love to, s- I'd mm-hmm. love, I'm, I'm a, a huge, <laughs> huge interest in language, so oh. <laughs> I would be interested if you, if you would share. Yeah, <laughs> but like, there's another cool thing about it, too, is that, um, like, Vietnamese language also has a lot of history behind it, too, because um, you know how, like, the English, or the English language has a lot of like, roots in, um, like, Greek and Roman, and it's just like a romance language. Whereas Vietnamese, we do have a lot of history in the fact that a lot of our words ha- has like French origins and also oh, Chinese origins too, yeah. because it's um, it all came from like our history where we were colonized by the French at one time, the French at one time, and then the Chinese for another time. And so those words were all they all permeate absolutely, yeah. yeah, right. But we're free now. <laughs> well, <laughs> relatively, I mean, um, another big thing in our communities that we we really looked down upon the communists um, that took, you know, f- following the fall of Saigon in 1975. And, um, you know, we uh, we really worked to fight against um, the inhumanity and um, uh, and for so- so social justice in Vietnam, um, mm-hmm. especially in our motherland, because we can't, you know, we can only do so much from here. But, um, you know, we always keep our homeland in mind. And we want, and, you know, we you don't want, as much as uh, you've left something behind, you don't want it to fall to pieces. Yeah. So true. Have both of you been back home? 
I have. Not yeah. me. No? <laughs> How do you, what is that like to, to, to feel such a connection but not having actually been there? Mm. Actually, to be honest, like I don't know if I actually feel a connection because I haven't been there. I feel like I, I will the, like when I go there, but it's just my parents have always held off on it because they, they wanted me to mature and get older in order to go back and really understand, you know, why I'm here because... I mean, from the way that they, my family talks about it, it seems like a very, like, hostile place to be. Mm-hmm. So they probably still have a lot of fear mm-hmm. for your safety. Absolutely, and yes. Right. So, um, you know, like the the connection I have to it is just through the community here and just basically through my family. Like that's the closest it's going to get for me right now. Right, right. And and so, what about you? How old were you when you went back? I was about fifteen when I went back. So you remember it? You had I a do. full experience then. I did. I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, putting aside all of, you know, the fear, I think my parents kind of um, took took the mindset that, you know, we're back in our mother country. We, might, uh, we should enjoy it and fully experience the wonders of the homeland. And it was really nice because at that time, my, my family hadn't come over yet. So I had a really fun time because my cousins <laughs> would show me around. They'd take me and eat street food. And it was really fun. It's actually a really beautiful place. And I actually found out that a lot of people vacation in Vietnam. Oh yeah, it's and a and they do resort. and they do honeymoons in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And I actually did not know it's surprising, that. Surprising, yeah. Yeah, and like especially like Nhat Giang is really beautiful. They have the beautiful beaches, and a lot of you know Americans walking around, and and they would you know be surprised when I'd speak to them in English. But it was really fun, and I'd love to go back and. It was a really great thing because, like I said about the language, um, going to Vietnam, I went for a month, and I think I became like almost fluent again. And oh, it, yeah, wonderful. When you when you fully immerse yourself in that kind of culture, and they kind of force you to speak Vietnamese because they can't speak English, everything reinforces. Everything it reinforces. For you. Yeah. yeah. So it was a really great experience for me. Okay, so I have to ask you because I I've only had this experience on a very limited capacity, but probably you know less than most, more than some. I lived in Australia for a year. And I have to say, it, I felt for the first couple of years coming back home that I was a woman without a country because I wanted to be in both places. <laughs> Do you, did you have that experience or were you there long enough to let it infuse in you in a deeper way? I think it was... Um, or does this feel like home? <laughs> I think it felt like home. Um, I always felt a really strong connection to like Vietnam. My grandma would always tell me stories. So it wasn't like... I was going to a um, to a strange place. I was. It felt like I was coming home, but this is also my home. Like the United States is also my home, and so I think what really made it was because the people. You know, my family was there. My family's here. So my fam, like as wherever home is where the family is. Right. So um, that's a big thing in the Vietnamese culture. So um, that's why we get a lot of families who go to you know the festival, who um, experience culture together, and family is really the core of. Vietnamese culture so do you feel like most of your peers are all willing to participate and learn about their culture or do you have do you ha- have you run across a bunch that maybe have abandoned and aren't really participating in it well for us being the union of the, the Vietnamese student associations at least uh, the people we know mm-hmm. are putting their best effort okay and then um I'd, I'd say half and half because like I I do have that like pessimistic mindset where I have met people who don't really want to participate in that culture you know they feel like oh you know it's it's an embarrassment and so I think that has contributed to why the it's not as popular to learn the language and retain it among you know my generation and the generations that are coming after so I think it really depends on where you are in terms of region as well so like if you're 
I want to say if you're in an area that's very populated by Vietnamese people, then of course you're going to find less of people who are going to feel like they they want to avoid it. But if you're like somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like you have no choice but to not feel close to it and not um, pressured to to learn. But I mean, it, it goes both ways. To be honest, like there are some people who like who who say they live in the middle of Kansas and they've never been exposed to Vietnamese culture and then they get older and they want to learn right. it. But then there's, I think there are some people who take it for granted and they just think like, oh, like, I don't want to be like my parents. I just want to be like a regular American teenager and just like, I don't know, do American things. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And to those we'd say, this is your opportunity to come and maybe stick your toe in to a culture that you have mm -hmm. a strong connection to. And mm -hmm. um, and why not give that a try? Um, let's let's go to the festival now, mm -hmm. if we if we can. Um, I so I big draw for these things is the food. Let's talk about the food. <laughs> <laughs> I heard something really exciting out there in the in the lobby. They said there's going to be a pho eating contest, and yes. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a pie yeah. eating contest, but a pho eating yeah. contest. Mm -hmm. And so I know let's it's talk true. about some of the, the the foods that are native to Vietnam and um and and let's let's do it in detail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can start with the pho eating contest. It's actually a new contest this year. Um, and it's going to be host, uh, held for all three days. So if anyone wants to come and participate, I believe we're still tipping, taking applications, although I'm not, uh, I'm not quite sure. But I think if you show up, um, there might be some room available if you want to uh, try to, you know, it's, it's how fast you can eat one bowl of pho. So I think right now the record, we actually had a practice run a couple weeks ago, and the record is 2 minutes and 30 seconds. So let's tell everybody what pho is. <laughs> so pho is a noodle wonderful. soup. Yeah, it's a noodle <coughs> soup. Um, it can come in different varieties. There's um, beef and there's chicken. And meatballs. and meatballs, yeah, and it's really um, it's one of the staple Vietnamese foods that has really gotten um, shot up in popularity amongst you know the public. Sure, <laughs> uh, where I live um, up in North County, it's everywhere. So mm -hmm. there's like old Taco Bells have been converted into <laughs> pho noodle <Wow>. bars. <laughs> and um, so yeah, they're all very rich. Very well. so. What's the broth made out of? Well, it depends on the kind of um, pho that you have. So if you're eating chicken, it's made out of, like, you know, chicken and, um, stock, it's, and yeah. chicken stock and brewed with chicken hearts. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, and there's more to it because, like, they're, um, do we it's use... very complex, yeah. We mm -hmm. use a lot of spices and herbs that are not um, well known, I guess, in America. I think it's more commonly used in the Asian countries. Like, mm -hmm. um, where's that? The star, what is that star? Star anise? Yes, there, yeah. yeah. There's that we have in there. I think that really makes it... Gives it a distinct Dis flavor. Yeah, mm -hmm. it makes it distinctly pho, too. Like, without it, I don't think it would taste like the way it does. It just tastes like chicken soup. Right. <laughs> pouring yeah. noodle soup. Yeah, and, and there's a distinct difference if you ever had pho. It's it's not it's not quite chicken soup, but it's, no, it's, it's not really right. anything that you've ever really had. But um, the fresh herbs that come with it, mm -hmm. that's a really big part of it. The layered on of all the fresh greens, that's got to be healthy. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you get sick, to, do your moms make you pho? My mom makes me chow. Yeah. Chow, what's that? Okay, that's different. What yeah, so <laughs> chow is actually a kind of rice porridge. So it's um, it's very soft. It's easy to eat. And um, it's it's congee. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's congee. So that's what um, that's actually another uh, big Vietnamese food that uh, people make, especially from, like, temples. Mm -hmm. um, when, we have the, uh, when you have the new year and uh, the temples uh, give out free food, and they, they have to make chow because it's easy to eat. Mm. Yeah. And it's a really great sick food, too. So okay, if you good. get sick, eat some chow. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so the details of the festival, let's go over that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
You have a new theme this year, uh, a new spring. So mm-hmm. this is, is this um, coinciding with your new year? It's is this a lunar new year? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, our that festival is always held around the lunar new year. So that itself means, um, you know, the first day of the um, new year uh, of the lunar calendar. So... Um, the new spring theme this year is actually reflective of not only the new year, but also of our new location from uh, and our move from Garden Grove Park to the OC Fair and Events Center. So what was the reason for the move? So we actually had, you know, um, we, it was a year that um, we were supposed to renegotiate the contract with Garden Grove City. And there were some complications in, you know, um, trying to figure out um, how much they wanted us to uh, to pay for the usage of the park, um. and we just felt that it was a very unfair um, cost because we didn't know where the majority of the costs were going to. And you know, we agreed to pay full cost recovery. And this is the short version. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we agreed to pay full cost recovery, which was around one hundred five thousand dollars. But then they were demanding like one hundred and forty five thousand. We were just wondering, like, why do you need an extra forty thousand? We just want to put on this festival for they the community. They might have thought they had you over a barrel, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, they and I felt like you know we we wanted to uh, walk away with our heads held high. You know, we didn't want to be forced into something, doing something that was against what we believed in. And because uh, so much of our profit went to going back to the community, you know, that forty thousand could have gone to um, around twenty th- other community organizations that you know really uh, needed our grant. Sure. So, what, some of the outreach groups that are receiving the money from the festival, can we talk about them? Sure. Um, so we actually have funded um, l- this past year from the last year's festival. We funded around a hundred. I think it was a hundred and one groups, and that includes um, youth organizations such as Fang Boi Jiao Youth Organization. Um, they're they're another youth organization similar to UVSA that they promote the Vietnamese culture, and then we have other community organizations such as um, we have we actually even uh, funded Acacia uh, Garden Grove Police Department, um, and a lot of other com- uh, Vietnamese community organizations in Orange County as well. Um, names aren't coming off the top of my <laughs> head, but um, many of them help preserve the language and the culture. Yeah, we yes, and we do. Um, we did fund um, Vietnamese schools as well, and Vietnamese scouting troops ha- that who, who also applied for our funding. Okay, mm-hmm. and so uh, you guys sound like you're intricately involved in the running of this organization. Is it mostly student-led? It is. Um, well, I mean, our name is the Union of the Vietnamese Student Association. Mm-hmm. So um, Julie, like she said, she's actually the high school outreach coordinator, and um, she works with the high school sector of UVSA, which is actually called VASA, okay. which is the Vietnamese American High School Alliance. Um, <laughs> and for myself, um, I'm actually the UVSA secretary, and um, our organization is almost entirely student-run, but uh, we also have you know some young professionals, people who have come out of college. But um, the majority of our constituents are the school VSAs, the Vietnamese Student Associations. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So, how do you know how big the community is here at UCI? How many? Like when you have your meetings, do you have mm-hmm. a large, oh, large I group? Like how many students are at UCI? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like your like the group that gets together and supports um, this event. So we, the other Vietnamese Student Association at UCI, we have every single meeting on Thursdays, and there's usually about sixty people who attend every single week. Oh, nice. Where mm-hmm. do you hold your meetings? We hold it in Social Science Tower, two twenty A and B. And at what time? Seven o'clock. Yes. At night. At night. Okay. So is it a fun event? Do you bring it is. food and Well it depends on the event. Um you know, we've had uh, meetings in the past like a mini that festival which we've had um in years previous and we always have it's a really great uh club to come and, you know, socialize and they also also um intricately 
intricately participate in the uh, in the Tet Festival. Um, they're part of committees, and they're part of. Um, they actually have their own game booth. Um, all the schools have game booths at our right. festival as well. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, each individually raising money for a different event, or um, yeah, they each indi- raise uh, money for not only their school but for the collective philanthropy project that we have. Going. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. So now you s- you do the high school outreach. Um, what like what does that entail? What does that entail? Well, uh, the high school outreach uh, is basically I'm advising VASA, like uh, Arlene mentioned earlier, the Vietnamese American High School Alliance. And it's basically just a high school version of UVSA. Right now in VASA, we have about 21 high schools in Southern California, like Garden Grove High School, Bolsar Grande High School, Irvine High, and University High just down the road here. And so um, the students there, they also have their own VSAs that they have weekly meetings as well. And then what UVSA does, or at least what I do on behalf of UVSA for them, is that we host, um, like, they're like congressional, they're like council meetings twice a month at the UVSA office. And so representatives from each high school, they do come to the UVSA office and they receive updates. And um, they try to get resources and just plan events. Plan events that, in order to just kind of bring the community of young Vietnamese Americans together as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Very nice. So, okay. With the theme of the new spring, we really want to draw attention, especially during this show, Mm -hmm. to the new location, and that's at the Orange County Fair and Event Center. I, you know, it's funny, I'm looking at that name, but really that's just the fairgrounds. So let's just call it what (laughs) we all know it to be. Well, I think it's it's at the Orange County Fairgrounds, right? So it is. Okay. Um, it's a uh, very new, sophisticated. They've asked us uh, to use that name in um, all of our, their, our marketing. I, I can see, I can see why. But let's say the fairgrounds, so everybody knows yes. just generally where we're going. Where, what part of the fairgrounds are you occupying? Are you over by where the animals are? Are you over back where the? So we're actually, um, we're actually on lot I, which is uh, if you can, if you kind of think about like looking down, um, like an aerial view, it's okay. to the right of the hangar. Okay, to yeah. the right of the hangar. Right, okay. and our main stage is actually going to be in the Los Alamitos building. Okay. So, um, and, the, and our festival is going to take place on that lot. Okay, nice. Now, will you have music and mm-hmm. Vietnamese music? And okay, wish we would have pulled a little bit of that for the spot. <laughs> Maybe we'll find some in the in the uh, collection out there. Okay, so this event's starting Friday, February 7th, so we don't want to miss if anybody's interested. And when's it going to start on Friday? So on Friday, our mar- um, our operating hours are from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., and we actually have specials every day, if, if uh, you don't mind us talking no, about it. No, I would love it mm-hmm. if you would. Do you, do you want it? So um, on Friday, we actually have our special, the special for that day is that we have $1 rides. So all of our rides at the, fe- at the festival are going to be $1. Oh, nice. And um, we also have the Miss Vietnam of Southern California pageant on Friday night, which is at 5 p.m. Very so, good. So all the lovely ladies mm-hmm. of our um, community come together and they present themselves in a very sophisticated manner. Right. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, our promotion for that day, which is a traditional annual thing, is that um, because the reason we have this promotion specifically specifically is that um, Saturday is our opening ceremony at 12 p.m., right, Arlene? Mm -hmm. And so uh, attendees who dress in traditional Vietnamese, like Aoyais, which is like the long dress that has the slit and the the pants. Say um, the pronunciation again. Aoyai. Oh, sounds beautiful. And then... um, and then, or military uniforms, and w- is there anything else besides that? No, um, uh, traditional attire and military uniforms mm-hmm. get free admission from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Oh, up until nice. our opening ceremony yeah, on Saturday morning. Ceremony. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah, so okay. people will dress for this event. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, um, you know, there are a lot of things happening Saturday, including our opening ceremony, which that's when we have the firecrackers and we have the lion dancing and um, and we have our youth stage that night. And with our headliner, I think this year is the Philharmonic. Right. So um, they're, oh, they're, nice. they're a singing group from the Sing Off. So we were yeah. very lucky to have them come to our festival. Very nice. Okay, but admission I- with all of that is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you've kept it at $5, and people that bring their children in strollers enter for free. So. Right, and, um, and, our, and we actually have a, um, a promotion also with OCTA. So if you take the bus to the festival and you don't want to park, you know, you take the bus to the festival, you actually get admission for a dollar. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. W- w- wow, that's <laughs> <wonderful>. <laughs> I love how um, the Orange County trans- Transportation has been doing a lot of that. I've seen that yeah. for a lot of the cultural events mm-hmm. and a lot of the community events that they're really supporting those events. They're very supportive. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. And we actually also have um, free parking. Uh, we've actually um, worked out a deal with OCC, the community college across the street, and uh-huh. they've let, have allowed us to use their lots for free for our patrons. That's very nice. So that's that's that could be a big deal because mm-hmm. parking. Okay, parking otherwise on site is seven dollars. Seven dollars. Okay. But on Sunday, our uh, f- our final deal is actually. Um, I think it, I believe it's after four p.m. Mm-hmm. But um, after four p.m., if you pay for parking on the OC fair uh, on the OC fair and events center lot, then you will get a free admission ticket. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Well, you've come up with a lot of different ways to encourage people <laughs> to come, which is which is really nice. Um, what are some of the most important reasons why you like to attend this event, each well, of you? For me, I've actually been a part of this festival for as long as I can remember. I mean, like I said, I was a Vietnamese scout for over 13 years, and so I've been participating in the festival since I was like five. As in, like, what do you mean by scout? Tell me what that is. The so, like a Girl like Scout. A scouting program. Yeah, okay. like a Boy Scout, Girl Scout program. Nice. Um, we actually have Vietnamese versions of them um Very we're nice. associated with the boy scouts and girl scouts of america but we have our own cultural spin on it so it's really oh, yeah nice. it's really great and they support that mm-hmm. that's wonderful it's really great um we actually have a lot of vietnamese scouting troops you'd be surprised we have at least like eight in orange county and we have them all over the world if but anybody was interested in finding out more about that is there a website for that um you know there are a lot of individual websites so okay. i would say um if you wanted to know uh just talk to me okay. <laughs> um, or um, you can actually just kind of look it up um, there are a lot of Vietnamese scouting troops all over um, Orange County okay now yeah. you have two different websites here for Tet Festival right. the one we've been giving out is tetfestival.org and right. then this other one let's talk about that the other one is actually um, which in Vietnamese means that festival okay. so it actually leads to the same website very very good mm-hmm. okay and um, any other contact information should we put up there you said somebody can contact you if they have any questions or okay so um if you want to email us we are available at contact at uvsa.org and if you don't want to email us you can call us even during the festival hours throughout the day at 1-844-THETFEST which is d-e-t-f-e-s-t or um if you want the number itself it's 1-844-838-3378 Okay, good. And we also actually have uh, developed a mobile app. I don't know when that's being released. I but love that. <laughs> so we're going to have an app, and it'll um, tell you where all the vendors are, what kind of food, or I don't know what kind of food, but um, well, where the, all the vendors are, where they're going to be located on the festival grounds, and the map of the festival. I think Thursday. Thursday, I believe, is when it's going live. Yeah. So. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, any last words you want to say to anybody before we close this um, discussion? No? 
Well, thank you so much for having us, Kimberly. It was a, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. I'm so excited. I think I'm going to bring my kids. Okay. Do you tend to get a lot of people that aren't from the Vietnamese community coming that are curious to learn? Do you see that a lot in well, your... Yeah, we absolutely actually, like, that actually is my favorite part of the Tet Festival because um, I've been working at the Info Booth for a couple of years, at least five, and then my favorite part is actually getting people to come up and ask questions, and then a lot of them are people who I don't even expect to come to that festival, and they're genuinely interested in seeing, like, the lion dance, and they're like asking like when is this like I really want to go to this and so I think that's is why I keep coming back and volunteering and I think it's great because at the OC Fair and Events Center you're definitely going to get a different demographic than what we had when we were in Garden Grove that's probably true mm-hmm. yeah. so I think um, it's going to be really great we're going to have a lot of I, I'm expecting a lot of people who are just interested in our culture rather than you know um, coming to exp- uh, coming to our festival for um <coughs> Um, with the knowledge of our culture already. So yeah. I think a lot of people are going to come to learn and come to um, to our festival to just, you know, immerse themselves in the Lunar New Year celebration. Very wonderful. Arlene Ho, Julie Huen, it's been a delight to have you. Mm-hmm. For more information, go to tetfestival.org. That's T is in Tom, E is in Edward, T is in Tom, festival.org. It sounds like it's going to be a delightful day. Well, a well, delightful <laughs> weekend, actually. Well, we hope to see you there. We'll, uh, be, at the, we'll be at the info booth, okay, so come good. visit us. I'll look forward to it. All right, thank you for coming. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much, Kimberly. Kimberly.